Hello everyone, welcome to Youth Talks. My name is Konstantinos Pachristou and I'm a youth board member for the State of Youth. Today, it's a great pleasure to have with me Januka and Splendor, two colleagues of mine and two youth activists that will speak a bit more about the pandemic and also the initiative that we have been involved in called COVID-19. So first I would like to start with Januka. So could you please introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. Hello, uh, greetings from Nepal. Uh, namaste everyone, I'm Zanuka from Nepal. Uh, I'm 18 years old and I'm a high school graduate uh, working as a child rights and environmental activist. I'm involved in COVID-19 initiative from September 2021, sorry, September 2020. Uh, I'm sure we are going to have a great time today uh, together. So thanks for having me here. Thank you for joining. And uh, Splendor? Yeah, hello everyone. I'm Splendor from Nigeria and I am an alumni of the Global Citizen Year. And I've also been a participant of the COVID-19, an initiative that's, um, that, that creates, uh, that, that, that evolves children worldwide around the globe in the responses to the COVID-19. It's really nice meeting all of you. Thank you very much. I know we've all been involved in uh, COVID-19. So I would like to ask each one of you, first of all, to describe what the initiative is about, but also speak about your experience in it and how you felt working in an initiative with children from all over the world experiencing the same pandemic. So Zanuka, we can start with you. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so first, uh, I will be talking about COVID-19 initiative. Uh, it is the initiative uh, which is associated with TTH International and is a platform that encourages children across the world to involve in meaningful participation. Uh, and it also helps in sharpening their ability. And the initiative has created a diversified network of young people, you know, from different parts of the world. And it's really a safe and supportive space that helps young generation to learn through their own experience. And as per my understanding, uh, in order to understand children's view and experience about life under coronavirus and amplify their voices to inform the policymakers and government, the initiative came into existence. And I'm really blessed to be the part of it. And uh, if I need to uh, talk about my experience, uh, I will not only talk about my experience uh, that is related to COVID-19 initiative. I would also like to share about uh, my experience during this pandemic. And uh, to be honest, it was not really easy for me to cope up with the new normal, you know. Uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was really going out of my mind. And as a student and as an activist, I was always busy outdoors before the pandemic. And, but because of the pandemic, I got stuck in my home for months and it felt like being in a prison though I was with my family. So yeah, my experience with the pandemic is really very, very crazy. Uh, but in the meantime, fortunately I came across with many opportunities and one of them was obviously COVID-19 initiative. Uh, it was my first experience uh, interacting with people 
interacting with foreign people and working together with them. I'm really impressed uh, with the diversified and multi multicultural uh, nature of this initiative. Uh, it has given really a lot to me and to many young people around the world. And my words alone can't explain the experience that I gained from this team. And I must say that working with young people from around the world, uh, especially when the world is going through such hard situation is really a feeling of blessing. And I know you all will agree with this as well. Uh, the team heard my voice and supported it. And it really gave me the platform to directly connect with world leaders as well. So I'm really thankful to the dedicated and hardworking team of this initiative. I would have never, uh, you know, got the chance to know and work with such energetic group, such a dedicated group of young people from different parts of the world, if it was not the pandemic, like if it was not Corona. So what I wanted to say is, it's not that I love or I want Corona to exist, but I really don't hate Corona as, at all. So yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for saying that. I think it's really powerful, as you said, meeting with people from all around the world and seeing how we are experiencing a similar situation, but also a different situation, because obviously countries would uh, have different situations. But yeah, no, COVID-19 was truly inspiring in this event. It's really powerful to see people coming together, even, even in times like this, to create something that will involve children and young people. What about you, Splendor? How do you experience that time and working with uh, COVID-19? Yeah, so basically we know we know that the, the COVID under 19 is a, is an initiative that creates space for children across the globe to be meaningfully involved in the discussions that about the responses to the COVID-19 pandemic. And we also noticed that this initiative set out to understand children's views and their experiences about their life under the coronavirus and also um, amplify their voice to inform policymakers and professionals working with children and the government. So with my own, like, my own personal um, experience in terms of uh, the, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, the, the, the fact is that in 2020, early 2020, as the pandemic uh, struck, we noticed that it left um, everyone you know, on a run. So for my own part, it, like in my own area, we noticed that many things didn't like we aren't going uh, normal. Education was suspended, and so many other things we are just came to a halt. So it affected me in the sense that I didn't have an opportunity to you know to continue schooling. And despite coming from an underserved community where young ones lack access to digital skills, it was really really hard to to study online because most schools in, in my community um, didn't move or didn't, yeah, didn't move their education or their schooling online, just like um, our, counter, our counterparts in the, in the urban cities did. So it was really, really hard to continue my education uh, in 2020, but it was, during that, it was during that period that I started going the extra mile. I stepped outside, outside my comfort zone to look for opportunities that will help me grow and learn as an individual. 
And that is when I found out about the COVID under 19. So actually my time has, my time with COVID under 19 has been amazing. I must tell you that. That's great to hear actually. I'm really happy that you, we all enjoyed our experience with COVID-19. Um, I know, we, I mean, we all were involved in the survey and it's, it was one of the biggest uh, activities within COVID-19. Uh, and I know you, Januka, are specifically involved in uh, the education part because we all, you all meant, both mentioned the importance of education, how your school life was affected by the pandemic. So do you think it would be interesting to show some stats or uh, some testimonies of children when they speak, when they spoke about education in the uh, survey you conducted. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, the initiative uh, launched the survey uh, that was like life under coronavirus in spring 2020, and more than 26,000 children uh, from more than 137 countries participated in the survey, and I even got chance to present about this topic education in the high-level launch event of COVID-19 initiative. Uh, and I, I presented about the problems of assessing education online, you know, and it was really shocking or what to say, it was really hurting. Only 12% of children said that their education was better during the coronavirus, you know. Other remaining children were facing difficulties in assessing education uh, as only uh, as 84% of children were without internet access. So we can imagine how could they attain online classes and how could they gain knowledge as their peers were getting, you know. And again, 42% uh, of children said they were less confident that their teachers would give them good grades for their studies because of coronavirus. So this also shows the poor condition of children's mental health, you know. Uh, they are not just facing challenges with their studies, but are also facing problems like uh, depression and mental disturbance and all. And even if I need to talk about myself, I was even worried about my future, you know, as my 12th board last year was postponed for about more than eight to nine months. And I was without any online classes waiting for my board exams. And you, you can imagine... Uh, that are discontinuous in education and waiting for final exams is such a headache, you know. I just can't uh, think about it right now. And uh, like, uh, it's really very difficult to concentrate on during online classes, even if we need to talk about this digital learning and all. And I'm really tired of this type of life. And I know many of the young people around the world feel the same. Uh, but what we as youths can do is uh, to think and act for a better education system. I not only talk, uh, want to talk about this online learning, it's not only about that, uh, but it's about the education system as a whole. So yeah, this much. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, and I also know uh, the survey also had other parts. Um, for example, it was about participation, it was also about uh, mental health, as you said, I don't know if uh, Splendor has any other uh, parts of the survey that he was uh, working in, he would like to share. Yeah, in that survey, we noticed that um, 
that over 13 percent of children they said that they they hardly um like they, they didn't get access to internet that will support um that will support them to that will support them during their um, online learning and we also noticed that 62 percent of these children in in refugee camp, camps say that they had no access or hardly any access to internet and 38% and 27% of migrants, that's children who migrated from other countries, also said the same thing. So all of this really points out to something that the level of education during the, the pandemic was really, really low in the sense that people we are not able to, um, you know, how do are not able to get money to to support their online learning. So they lacked access to um, uh, internet connection as data. So we also look at um, the other aspect of it, that is the, their personal um, well-being, that's uh, the access to healthcare. We notice that 21% of the children says that, 21% um, uh, of children with experiences of COVID-19 they say that they had no experience of COVID-19. And that since the coronavirus began, they were now less able to assess the medical help they need or they may need. So notice that this and many other parts of the survey was, um, was really mind-blowing because we received thousands of responses from young ones around the globe. Yeah, and that's really interesting. It shows the magnitude of ways in which the pandemic affected us. And we, we can all agree, I think, that one of the only solutions that we can have is to actually involve young people in the decision-making process and to show and reflect on these problems and these inequalities that have been uh, shown in the pandemic. So if, if, I, if I could ask you then, how could you convince someone who wasn't in a way, maybe interested in children's rights, or he didn't believe uh, in the voice of children, what would you say to convince them? Why should children be involved in the, uh, the post-pandemic world, in the creation of the post-pandemic world? I think that they should, you know, um, they should be interested in that because it really means uh, our future. So when we uh, come together to discuss about things pertaining to our rights, especially the right to education, we notice that it is it's something globally. So it doesn't affect um, you know, one side of the nation or one side of the country, it affects everyone. So young ones around the globe all have to you know, share their experiences and also um, get involved in the post-pandemic world. Do you want to add anything, Janukra? Uh, yeah, well, in my opinion, uh, young people always need to be active and optimistic in any situation, not only in the post-pandemic world as well. Yeah, uh, I'm saying this because I believe that young people are more energetic and innovative uh, if we see. And uh, uh, for example, if we are building a home, no, then the home can only be uh, strong if its base is strong 
And if the children are treated well, if they are involved in decision-making process, if they are given the chance uh, to, to do something for the society, then that means their base is being strong. And when they grow up, they can really contribute uh, for the betterment of the society, you know. And uh, when they grow up with a strong base, and they will have the creative ideas, innovative ideas, and they will have high potential of doing things in better way uh, with uh, energy and experience, you know. So I think without the involvement of young generation, uh, especially during this time, uh, we cannot achieve what we lost during this pandemic. Uh, but how they get involved and how they mobilize their energy, uh, how you adults hear and give chance to young people is the most important thing. So yeah, uh, it's not only important, but it's really necessary for young people to get involved. Yeah, another thing um, I also think about that is that, you know, young ones are said to be the leaders of tomorrow. So imagine that these young ones don't get involved, um, especially now. We notice that they will be like, like they'll be dormant, they, they won't know what um, happened. And if such a thing occurs in the future, we notice that they, they will find it very difficult to, you know, to fight uh, this, uh, this coronavirus. And another thing is that young ones, as you already said, they are, we, like, we are creative. We think outside the box. We go the extra mile to, you know, to look for solutions. So I, I think that gone are the days, you know, adults have, have always been taking the lead in, in things. So I think that is the time uh, they, they should, uh, you know, provide a space for young ones to meaningfully get involved in the response to this pandemic so that we will bring in our own um, ideas and we'll see how things work out. Yeah, that's, that's really powerful. For sure, young people need to be involved and for sure they should be consulted in any form of decision-making process. I mean, it, not only we are in the future, we're also the present. And I mean, if we're speaking about the post-pandemic world, we cannot ignore the question of the vaccines and especially the vaccine equality. I mean, we've seen Western countries and um, European countries collecting a lot of doses we don't need. And we've seen other countries where they lack the vaccine doses. So in your, in your experience, in your country and in your um, background, what do you think should happen with the question of uh, the vaccine equality and distribution? Uh, I will answer. Uh, so yeah, if I need to talk about this uh, vaccine equity, uh, I don't understand the much behind what is going on, but uh, as I see, uh, it's the distribution of uh, vaccines irrespective of age, social status and all, you know, without any discrimination. But what is happening these days and what I can see is people with power and connections get the vaccine better of it, better of it and uh, they have access to vaccines, but poor people, uh, marginalized people and uneducated people or maybe people with lower income have no access at all. And even if we see the global scene, you know, the richer world, uh, that is uh, like uh, the developed part of the world, then they, are, they have already uh, immunized their people and now are almost 
free from the uh, pandemic but the third world that is poorer parts of the world are still suffering because of lack of access to vaccines so the thing that i am trying to raise is the most affected group uh, because of the pandemic is the group of poor and marginalized people with lower income but if they are um, there is no equity in vaccine then um, they will have to face more challenges for livelihood and even the poor marginalized and uneducated people do have the right to get treatment and a vaccine you know in time uh, so that they would live a better life but their right it seem to be dominated by the ones in powers and connection so in the current scenario i don't see there is vaccine equity but it really hurts a lot and i just want to suggest the government and stakeholders to think on this matter seriously and act as well yeah i totally agree with what you say janoka because um you know getting the vaccine isn't that easy but the good news is that the vaccines are being you know that they have been shifted uh, into many countries in, in as in, in larger quantities like the vaccine is supposed to reach almost everybody irrespective of your age and social status or whatever so but we notice that the reverse is the case um the wealthy ones are the ones that are receiving the vaccine and it, it it even pains me to see that those in refugee camps like right they, they don't even have such rights to to get vaccinated which has always become a problem so such ones are like treated like um, an outcast something like that which isn't good so we should always know that uh, the government should always know that um, they too are humans and everyone have the right to be vaccinated because if um, everyone is not safe, if no one is safe, that means um, if they are not safe, that means we, we too are not safe. So imagine this scenario, right? If they themselves um, contact this um, pandemic and we ourselves are already vaccinated, we'll notice that one way or the other, we could also get that same um, uh, virus. It might even come, or it might even um, you know, surface in, in, in a higher um, amount or something like that. So the government and stakeholders should look into this matter. They should always know that lives always matter without um, discrimination. So we should always look ahead. We should always look ahead to know that um, they too are humans and we need to treat everyone equally and fairly. That's really powerful, Senator Januka. Um, and I think we can maybe now move on into a more positive outlook and something a bit more optimistic. So in your, I mean, you've experienced obviously COVID-19 and uh, other initiatives as well. And uh, we've lived in this situation for let's say, one and a half year now. So what would be the ideal involvement of young people in the post-pandemic world and how should they be involved? Uh, Splendor, do you want to answer first or I should go for it? No, you can go. No, it's fine. Oh, okay. Answering this question, I would like to add something else. Uh, like uh, money is everything. 
that's what people think these days. Uh, I, of course, uh, agree that money is important, you know, but I believe it should not be on the top of the list. Uh, well, I added this because if we look around and think deeply, uh, we will clearly uh, see the reality of the world we live in. And we always rush behind money and so many other things, you know, without caring about anything else that is important. But the pandemic actually uh, actually made us uh, realize uh, that there are many things that we should focus on. If we see, uh, we uh, if you can see, you know, uh, we didn't have much readiness and uh, even the most developed world was not ready, you know. Like uh, we can take the example of Italy and the United States of America losing so many people because of the pandemic. Uh, this means even the best of the medical facilities that we call, that we have, we're not prepared for the pandemic of this nature of COVID and all, you know. And uh, in creating the post-pandemic world, um, the first thing that young people should be involved in is preparation. Uh, obviously, there are possibilities of other viruses and other global issues in the future. So... Uh, uh, so that is why uh, we should uh, always we should always think about it and uh, we should always be prepared for dealing with such issues and uh, innovative ideas uh, and energy of younger generation as i already mentioned uh, must be utilized uh, in the preparation of creating better future that is what i believe uh, similarly you should also focus on the economic sustainability of the country to be honest, I don't know I should add this point here or not, but I feel the trend of brain drain is affecting developing and underdeveloped countries a lot. I really feel that uh, expert and qualified human resource from these countries move to the developed world for better lifestyle, you know, in search of better lifestyle. And this way, developed countries go on making progress, whereas developing and underdeveloped countries remain in the same poor condition. And even the pandemic made it clearer that the developing and underdeveloped countries, that the that the world that was really um, in poor condition is far beyond the easy access of vaccines and proper treatment. And we young people must realize that no one is going to do anything for us until we step forward. So. We must think about it and try creating opportunities in our own place instead of going abroad, leaving the country behind. And the other thing uh, is the healthy way of living. Uh, I mean, we all are stressed if we see all the time because of ambitious, ambitious you know. We are being very ambitious these days and too much ambition is really very bad for humanity as we keep on cheating everything around us we keep cheating the nature we keep cheating people around us so i think uh, this ambition should be redefined and you should not only limit their ambition to personal development and prosperity but should also enlarge it to develop other people and the society so thank you yeah Another way um, in which young ones could equally be you know, involved is um, I, I think it should start with the government first. The government should always create a space where young ones could
could, you know, get involved in the discussions about the responses to the COVID-19. And I think that the young ones, coming in terms of the young ones, they should always make themselves available because um, if they don't make themselves available, there is no how the government would, you know, take notice of them. So I think making oneself available is almost like is the first key to being involved in, in any um, discussion about creating the, a post-pandemic world. So yeah, that's it from me. Thank you very much. And I think after what we just had, we can potentially dream about uh, maybe a better world. So I would like to ask you then, what would be the ideal post-COVID world for you? If, if you could design the world after COVID, what would you do? Well, um, I envision a world where everyone, like I envision a world where everybody are all equal, irrespective of the gender or background or whatever. I also envision a world where everyone have the equal rights and equal opportunities, just like their counterparts. Also envision a world where young ones take the lead when it comes to you know, making policies that, that will really, really um, benefit everyone. And also see a world where young ones in different locations are all stepping outside their comfort zone to create the needed change in their various communities. So I also see a world where young ones are no longer said to be the leaders of tomorrow but are already on the pathway to leadership. Uh, so the thing is, and uh, now we are uh, richer by experience uh, because of the pandemic. And I mean to say that this COVID-19, oh, sorry, this COVID-19, <laughs> COVID-19 is in my mouth. So this COVID-19 taught us to a very great extent that we should love nature. And because it's nature that gives not just life, but strength for us to sustain and continue to lead properly. You know, uh, we should not in the name of modernization, go for building huge uh, infrastructure by harming and or destroying the nature. And uh, the nature is the only hope as everything we build will go one day. But if we serve the nature, um, nature remains and sustains life even after us for thousands and thousands of years, thousands of generations, and even beyond that. Uh, so as you asked, I would say the ideal post-COVID world for me would be an environmental friendly, equitable and sustainable world for all of us. Um, it would be something like... Um, uh, something like a rich nature and a rich life. And I believe if the younger generation can get along with the society and nature, that will surely lead to a better future. Thank you very much. That's really inspiring. And I mean, I would, I would like to ask you to maybe send a message to everyone listening to us, whether they're children or adults, especially in these difficult times. Uh, I just share, I just want to share one thing regarding this. Uh, when we are asked, you know, now this is podcast and 
we are asked in so many places but when we when we are asked about how youths can get involved in creating a better world and something like this then we start thinking very highly you know and we search for the perfect answer so that we sound good we sound well in front of others but we ignore the reality that uh, we don't remember the fact you know we ignore it that we can destroy negativity only if we start adopting healthy habits and it's upon us what type of world we want to live in and we must imagine the world we want to create and act accordingly as i already said no one is going to do it for us we should do it by ourselves so in the end of of my positive message to the youths i would just like to say one thing that is never ever think of quitting or go for it try again and again and you will surely make it one day best wishes to all of us we can do it together thank you what about you spender do you have okay we can, i mean we can we can close with that i think it was great but yeah so thank you very much for joining me it was great talk to you and let's we can all keep in touch and continue working together and i think it's really powerful to hear your stories thank you so much your experiences thank you so much for this opportunity i really love today's conversation and i just hope uh, youths from different part of the world will get this chance to get connected to you and talk about something like this thank you so much yeah thank you so much for um um giving us this opportunity to um you know to speak with you we really really um enjoyed uh, the conversations we all had together thank you so much <laughs>